0: Was a f- I had like I had to rush to to get oh, that in there? No, nah, was fine. Um, I had to blink
1: 182 to get in there.
0: Oh, look at you!
1: So how's your how's your no drink November going?
0: Um, ever when when I decided to to make it a drink November, it's it's been a lot of alcohol. Uh, I got really drunk last night playing ping pong. So you know,
1: man, that was I fun. I have been a saint all all month just for you.
0: (laughs) I like the the, the sound of the can being opened. Jeez, I wonder what that could be.
1: It's my medicine.
0: It it, it helps
1: keep you from falling down the stairs, because you're so (laughs) clumsy. Oh, man. So, speaking of domestic abuse, um, this is Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron and Chad. Hi, and everybody. I forgot to say it again last week, but I did set up that email, so if you want to write into opinionsarecheap at gmail.com, then I'll oh, get cool. an email. Yay! Actually, we did get one. Let me open that up real quick.
0: Really? Was it Richard? Um,
1: no. Thanks, Richard. I like the support.
0: Yeah, come on, man. We we, we trusted you. We put our faith in you, and you can't even be our first email.
1: Punchy mail, go fat. I got home late, so this isn't set up right. So I'm sorry.
0: That's okay. Did you have a good day? It was all right. Parts of it were kind of a drag, and then the other parts were fine. And it, I guess it was kind of a typical Thursday in that regard.
1: How about That's good. you?
0: Uh,
1: it, you know, it has been a pretty stressful week, and I don't want to talk about it. Just you know how work is sometimes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. That was my last week. I got it. I
1: got my. Uh, I got this email here. Okay. Um. So again. Opinions are cheap at gmail.com. You can write in. This is from our new sponsor, a Google account.
0: Oh, wonderful. What a a Google account have to say to us.
1: Did you know that you can access Gmail on the go? With Gmail for Android or iOS, you get one-click access to your email, real-time notifications, and a lot more wherever you are. Gmail.
0: Well, well, thank you, Google account. That's not a question.
1: No, but I, I accept the commentary and advice, so...
0: Yeah, I mean there there are worse furs emails to get. I mean, well, I guess we don't know that cuz Richard wasn't on it. Now was he?
1: Yeah, we got it. I I like the idea that we have one listener and he's not even going to be supportive. Yeah. Oh well.
0: You know, sometimes you just you we do this for us. I think I don't well, know why I, we I've do. I've been this. doing it for Richard. Oh. Well, well, Jesus, Richard. Ah. Uh, how's the beer.
1: Um, it's okay. I got a Smirnoff. Oh. With peach in it.
0: I'm um, okay. That's fun too. It's, I'm drinking it, coffee, so what do is, I know? I love
1: coffee. You know what else is good? And this mm. isn't my glad space, but it should be. Is um McDonald's says they're a uh, peppermint mocha coffee in. Oh, yeah? And that's just a nice day starter right there.
0: You know, I've never had McDonald's coffee. I prefer it to Starbucks. Never had Starbucks coffee either. You're not missing out on Starbucks. I I go to my local gas station and I get I get gas station coffee.
1: That can be good.
0: Yeah, so, uh, Quick Trip has really good coffee.
1: I do like uh, I like MPM's coffee. Um, not so much Seven Eleven.
0: We don't really have Seven Elevens in this branch of the Midwest. We don't have Wawa either.
1: I hear they're really good.
0: It's kind of funny though. my one thing I want for Christmas is a Keurig. Oh yeah. Yeah, but like my parents are like, you know, hey, Christmas is almost up. anything fun funny one. It's like I want I want to be able to make coffee in my house, but I don't want to have to grind beans or pour a lot of water. So give me the give me the lazy coffee maker.
1: I got um yeah, I got that uh, that same thing from my parents. So it's like, "Okay, what do you want?" And uh my brother and his wife are both kind of asking for expensive things. And it's like instead of like a bunch of gifts, how about just one good gift? Mhm. So my parents were like, okay, uh, Cameron, what, what gift do you want? Like, what's what's something like a good gift you'd want? And so I thought about it, and I asked them to donate to a charity in my name.
0: That's uh, that's certainly something you can do.
1: And I can't wait for Christmas when I can like hold that over my brother and his wife. <laughs>
0: oh, oh look how th- you know, look
1: at this letter I got <laughs> confirming that I'm helping the homeless. I hope you enjoy your little piano or whatever. That, that'll that help keep people warm in the winter.
0: That is, like, the, the smuggest, like, most petty reason to do a good deed ever. I love it. I get to... Uh, that's
1: my gift, though. I get to be smug about it.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's a well-earned gift. I, yeah, that's cool. I, I'm trying to figure out what I want to get my dad for Christmas, because I was going to get him some comic books that I thought he'd like. But then I'm having him read the Dark Tower series right now, and I know he's not going to finish that for, like, eight months. And so getting him books while he's reading books seems kind of mean. So I don't know what to get him.
1: I don't know. Gifts are hard. I I found uh, I'm better at giving the joy of laughter than actual gifts. Sure. Where, like, I can give gag gifts that people actually appreciate the gag. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, here's a present from Cameron. I wonder what it'll be. But then they actually end up laughing, and it's like, okay, that's your gift—is you get to feel happy.
0: Yeah that that that's a that's a good thing to be able to give people. And
1: sort of, I wish I could give better real gifts, but I yeah. just can't.
0: I don't know. I kind of enjoy like the like the idea of like, oh, it's not about consumerism. It's about like giving someone a memory that they'll enjoy for the next you know four months and then forget because they have Alzheimer's. No, I don't want to go there. No, that's good. Okay. I agree. Yay, yay Alzheimer's. Yay Alzheimer's. For everyone high five for Alzheimer's. <laughs> I don't know why people. Whatever. I do know. I want to get my mom. I want to like. She's got like a, a shelf for spices. I want to get her like a proper spice rack and like that pulls out with all their spices on it, so you don't have to like dig around and you know it's like oh this is on top of this one. And I mostly want to do that because every once in a while I cook at their house and I fucking hate trying to find, like, the Cajun seasoning because it's always in the back and I have to take everything out and get it. And it's just like, you know what would be cool is if I didn't have to do this. And I suppose mom would be happy if she didn't have to do it either. But it's really a gift for me. Okay,
1: I found a good gift. You can send this to your mom.
0: What if instead of sending gifts, we send grifts and we just, like, con people out of money? That would be a fun holiday right? I kind of like that. Also, it's a shitty pun, so it double works.
1: You could write a story about the grift of the magi.
0: Sit and be fed easy fitness for seniors. (laughs) Oh, that would be a mean thing to give someone. Depends. Like, that would be a funny gift for me to give my brother.
1: Yes, that's a good example.
0: But I'm not going to. It's kind of funny, but I'm just like, you know, I don't I, I don't ever get Joe anything for any of that stuff. It's always... I never really feel the need to. One time he got me a Taylor Swift CD. So I was nice of him.
1: Oh, you know, I should get my brother. I want to get him, like, a Drake Bell poster.
0: That would be great. I think he would really appreciate that, too, knowing his kind of sense of humor is a little in line with yours, but not as weird.
1: Yeah, that's a a funny thing, too. He appreciates my sense of humor, but he can't see it coming. Yeah. So I can still surprise him, but he'll actually appreciate the the gag itself.
0: He's a pretty cool dude, your brother. He can be. Yeah, everybody... When he heals. (laughs) What do we... we, What do we want to talk about?
1: Well, we were going to talk about miscellaneous stuff last week, but it turned into me ranting about BlizzCon for an hour.
0: Yes, I said that. I
1: I do, I do remember one thing I forgot to talk about, and uh, it, it, the my favorite part. No, my second favorite part of BlizzCon is the opening ceremony because mm-hmm. they give attention to everybody, and it's really funny that all the Diablo fans are angry because the StarCraft fans got less than they did. But <laughs> my favorite part was the Warcraft part because that's kind of my favorite Blizzard game. Yep. And the, the guy in charge of Warcraft right now, he walks out on stage and I'm in the Warcraft stage too. So I'm there in person. And he, he lights up half the stage, like half of the arena um, and all the seating is this red light. So it says hit the horde. And everyone's like cheering. Yay. And I was on the horde side. I'm excited. Like, Hey, horde. And then he lights up the blue half and it's like the Alliance. And they're cheering. Yay. And so he says, Alliance, uh, the horde burned your tree and they're going to it's do a thing it's now the time to attack yeah and then, and then he's like standing there on stage like he cannot believe no one like cheered to that and he had to like ask it is now the time to attack yeah and then he turns to the horde it's like horde and then everyone's already cheering like yeah
0: <laughs> and actually like
1: i was standing <laughs> next to some security and they got startled like is something happening like, the, the Horde players are serious about the Faction Warfare thing, and the Alliance players are all, Why are they mean? I just want to do my herbalism and inscription recipes.
0: Well, it's funny, when, like, he lit up half and half, I thought he was gonna, like, like, and he's like, attack! I like, is he expect him to do, like, a wall of death thing, like they do at death metal shows, where they just split the crowd in half, and then they slam into each other? Because that'd be really dangerous with a bunch of fat nerds. <laughs> but it'd be fun! It would be pretty great.
1: But just the, the feeling that the, the Alliance is not <laughs> not eager to attack it was just so funny to me. Yeah. And just that one voice going like, yeah.
0: Yeah, because you think they would be even the most ready to attack because their tree got burned down.
1: Yeah, but they're such wusses. Guess who couldn't defend a tree? The Alliance.
0: Yeah. I'm... I, I'm- my big shame with World of Warcraft is switching to Alliance, but all my friends wanted the, the freaking human racials for PvP. Well, you kind
1: of have to play both. Because, I mean, it's just, you do, and it's mm-hmm. not actually a laborious task anymore. It Back when it first came out, it was hard to level up a character. Like, you picked one character, and that was your Warcraft character. Yep. Like, you identified at it. You would, you would say, oh yeah, I'm a night elf druid, and that was your thing. Yep. And now it's like, well, I have like one of everything, so whatever the meta is, I'll play that.
0: Yeah, and, and it hadn't quite gotten there when we when we stopped, but it was getting close, and it was a lot easier to level characters. So people were like, oh yeah, I'm going to level a character in like two weeks, and hopefully get them raid ready in three weeks or whatever. And, and they like, I'm just going to play my Druid and switch spec if I get bored.
1: Yeah, and they're so bad at balancing this game still. Uh, did, did I ever tell you about that priest talent called uh, Surrender to Madness?
0: No, but it sounds probably annoying.
1: Well, it's a really good PVE thing. Okay, where they they changed Shadow Priest for Shadow Priest used to be about like shadow magic in yeah. terms of like the antithesis of light magic, but they've turned it into Cthulhu
0: stuff. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool.
1: So now when you go into shadow mode, you can actually like go into insanity mode where like tentacles will grow out of you and you summon tentacles and. You do extra damage the more tentacles you have and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and you get like a Cthulhu dagger that talks to you. It's kind of cool, and uh, and it, it like it, it's cool because it gives you these like little whispers that only you hear. So sometimes you'll go someplace and then the dagger will say like, "Oh, look at all this Toran over there. You won't believe what those guys looked like a thousand years ago. They're just stupid cows."
0: <laughs>
1: um. But there's this talent you could get at maximum level called Surrender to Madness, where you activate it, and the idea is, when you go into shadow form, you have like so much mana, and when the mana dries up, you lose your shadow form, and it's on a cooldown. So, Surrender to Madness buffs your damage like 600% or something. Oh, wow. But, when you run out of mana on your shadow form run, you die. Oh, jeez. And... It's like, oh, it's like this risk-reward thing where you want to make sure you use it at just the right time. But what uh, really, like, good players figured out was the reward was way too much where they would activate it at the start of a raid pull and then do so much damage that even after they die, they're still max DPS in the team. Oh, wow. And it got to the point where some teams are literally just bringing, like, three or four Shadow Priests and have them all do that at the start, and it, like, kills the boss down to 50%. And then the rest of the team just, like, carries it the rest of the way. And it's, like, <laughs> they kind of, they seriously, like, nerfed it.
0: That is a huge, this serious Blizzard thing to fuck up. Like, only they would fuck up like that.
1: And it's such a fun concept, and yeah, it should the, be a...
0: the attention is really cool.
1: Yeah, and it's a it's a difficult thing to actually do well. Like, it, it's a reward skill. Not anybody can do this well. Right. And so it's like, oh, people are finishing too early, but only some people. Let's remove it from all the fun. So thank you.
0: I mean, you think they would have had to test that, right? Like, okay, let's do a raid, but we'll bring in four shadow priests and see what the bo- like how how much we fuck up the boss with this ability. And it's like, "Oh, a lot. Maybe maybe we should tone it down." Like, I just I feel like they do all this stuff, but they don't test it enough, and then it goes out and people are pissed off. And it, it there's a certain level of like, "How did you guys not anticipate this?"
1: Yeah. I don't know. It it's really easy for me to sit in my computer chair and say, you guys didn't balance it right. But then sometimes I'll look at something like, that was clearly a bad idea and the feedback on the beta was that it's a bad idea and the people in the forums are saying it's a bad idea and you ran with it and now that now that you're patching it out, it's like, yeah, why don't you just listen to the feedback on the beta?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what the, the point of it is, right, is to get some early feedback and, you know, make last minute changes to the numbers. I don't know. But whatever. You like
1: Cthulhu stuff, right?
0: Cthulhu stuff's fun, yeah.
1: I've been watching a let's play of that Call of Cthulhu game. Oh yeah? Yeah, what's it called again? Is that is that it's a couple of them.
0: It it's might like be. A, I haven't played any of it's them. It's a
1: more recent one. Um it's right here. Yeah, Call of Cthulhu. Uh yeah, this is actually E3 maybe a year ago. Okay. Uh it's not great, but it has these interesting elements to it. I don't know. Have you you haven't seen it at all?
0: <laughs> no, not really.
1: Okay, maybe we can't talk about it then. But Sorry. you like Cthulhu stuff? Why?
0: I like the um. I mean, the the big thing of cosmic horror, right, is that there's like you're, you're you're a person, and then there's these things that are like so much bigger and greater than people that were basically bugs to them. And I, I really liked it as is a, a horror concept, and the the pantheon of like Lovecraftian gods fall into that pretty well, whereas like. Cthul- like The whole point in like, The Call of Cthulhu is is, is less about, like, he's going to kill us all, and more about, like, if we wake him up and he notices us we're here, he'll kill us all. But he might not notice us because we're so tiny that to him we're, you know, mites walking around on his, on his skin kind of thing. And that'd be not, like, physically tiny, but just in terms of, like, relationship. We're so meaningless to him that he probably won't notice we exist.
1: And this is... Uh, I, I don't find that appealing at all. I find that boring.
0: I think I like it because I, I think about, like, the actual universe itself and how fucking big it is and how tiny Earth is in comparison. And it's kind of like that same relationship, only in this case, like, Cthulhu's, you know, an evil entity that wants to, you know, eat, eat things or whatever. Like, he's the bad guy. Whereas the universe is just kind of cold and indifferent. And and so it, it alters that relationship a little bit uh, in a way that, I guess... Makes me feel nervous. Instead of just, like, sad.
1: Maybe if that's that more sense. of a problem of on my end. Because it's kind of like, oh, Cthulhu could just destroy the whole planet? That'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And I, don't, like, I don't mean like, this thing you just sent me right here is, like, fucking sweet. Like, this is a really cool... This is the, um, the Pillars of Creation in the background, isn't it? I don't know. It looks like it.
1: You just look like cool art. I googled uh, cosmic horror and that was like the first picture to come up.
0: That's a fucking sweet picture.
1: Um, but yeah, this is this, that's kind of my problem with Warcraft right now is they're leaning into this thing where all the conflict is so beyond the planet that it, it's like, why well, I signed up to be a, like an orc and punch humans in the face. I don't I don't care that there's like a titan old god that wants to destroy the universe and somehow yeah. I'm gonna just <laughs> I have an axe so I guess I'll attack it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I mean that's the whole point of like the Lovecraftian thing is like there's nothing you can do about it and so like that that futility is kind of whatever that that's not always an interesting narrative response. And,
1: and something that I've been practicing for a while is this approach of Zen where you kind of I love to think about bamboo and the the softer bamboo that bends at the wind versus the rigid bamboo that breaks against the wind. Okay. And so when I think about something, like, if I were to look up in the sky right now and there was a Cthulhu monster in space that was big enough to crush the planet, I'd go, well, I- it's not like I can do anything about it. Right. Like, well, that's lame, but, I, yeah, let me let me panic and uh, loot a TV, I guess. Right? Like, that's the approach to take? It's like, no, I'd rather just, you know...
0: I think part of it too, like the the idea of impending doom, is also pretty can be pretty fun. Um, I don't know if you've read the Stephen King's Revival. No. Okay, so I, I don't, if you mind if I like spoil the shit out of that book? Oh, go ahead. So the the whole book is this um really like intimate story about this this kid growing up. He wants to be a musician, and he ends up for a bit. He meets this uh revivalist priest who goes from like you know basically like carny shit and. Heals people, but doesn't really heal them. And it turns out the priest is um, actually, like, experimenting with electricity to try and, like, bring people back from the dead because he wants to... Because, like, his family died, and he wants to see where they are, like, what that's like. Um, And they, they kind of fall in and out of each other's lives a bit, and it doesn't really matter. And then at the end of the book, so it, it's, like, this really just... This story about this kid who's grows into an adult. At the end of the book, he, he meets up with the priest again... And the priest has figured it out, and so he he activates this machine and they get basically a glimpse into the afterlife and then the afterlife is this just horrible like cosmic hellscape of um of monsters and and stuff, and like it it before like the door closes, they're noticed, and then it's over and so this this guy he's got to live like the rest of his life going, when I die, what I saw through that door is where we're gonna go, and they're gonna be waiting for me and like to me that idea is. Like, it was one of, like, the scariest endings to a book I've ever read because it's so... I mean, it plays on a real fear of, like, okay, everyone's going to die, what happens next? But the way it does it is so extreme, and then it's like he's got 40 more years of his life left before he probably dies. He's got to live with that for 40 years, and he can't make it go away. Like, he can't kill himself to make it go away because he's just going to go there faster. And so he's got to live as long as he can, but eventually he's going to die and he's going to go to this awful place. And that kind of, like, cosmic horror, I feel like if it's done right, it it really works for me. Because it just plays on such innate fears that we all have, but in a way that is fantastical.
1: And that's a neat hook for a book. And I might take a look. But I just don't care.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of it.
1: I I just, I don't have a fear of death at all. And it's just. I don't know how how old is the Earth again? Like how many how many years has existence it's like, existed? It's like what's the difference between thirty years and a hundred years? If I if I die today, I can die knowing like, hey man, I started that YouTube channel that made seventeen people happy. I started this podcast and made like thirty four people happy. Um, like that's a net gain over my one person. I feel pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I think it kind of depends on on what you, like, want out of life and how you view life, right? Because I, oh, yeah, totally. I can look at my podcast and be like, shit, we only get, like, 30-some views. Why do we even do this? Versus, oh, 30-some people like it and listen to it every week and they enjoy what what we do. And I hate that I, like, I fall on that cynical side so goddamn much. And it's like, I make these things and I try all these things and it doesn't pan out. And it's like, well, I guess, like, why did I spend five years making a video game if under 100 people are going to buy it? But the people that did play it seemed to like it, and so that's cool, and I'm happy we made it. But I'm also really disappointed that like we sunk five years into a thing that was lost us money. You know, we we went we we're in the red on that if you add everything up, and all you know, it's it's I don't know. There are two ways to look at it, and I I can kind of fall jump back and forth between them, but I tend to fall on the the glass is half empty on most things, and I wish I didn't. And it's just it's just kind of how my brain's wired. I saw a really
1: interesting diagram where there's a there's a glass that's half full of water, and it says a, an optimist will say that glass is half full, and then that same glass, but an, uh, a pessimist will say that glass is half empty, and then that same glass, but a feminist will say that glass of water raped me.
0: <laughs> Jeez.
1: <laughs> Which again, that's a funny rape joke, and there's no one at hurt there.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I had, a, I had a chuckle on that. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't see the, I didn't see where it was going, so it's definitely one of those. Hey, the unexpected thing's funny. So I don't know. I mean,
1: <clears throat> I, I don't want to talk about my glad face too much. Sure, because that'll come later. Mm-hmm. But I, I sent a video to Joe the other night, and he he said that's awful, and my response was, I'm sustained by garbage.
0: <laughs> <Because>
1: <laughs> i just i love garbage i love dumb stuff and and again talking about like my gag gifts that like i can make people laugh because i can present things that they never expected mm. i've been making a lot of people at work laugh it's been a really stressful week and it's like sometimes i'm in a room and i can tell okay someone here someone here needs to smile Sure. So, at my expense, I'm going to go ahead and, like, stick my neck out here and make everybody laugh about something stupid. Because um, sometimes, man, like, that's the only thing I'm good at is achieving that balance by being objective and reading a room. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind lowering myself if it raises everyone else up a little bit.
0: You should try stand up. I feel like that's like a really good ability to have for stand up comedians, like being able to read a room. And oh man, it is, but I
1: need more material. I I don't have enough material to do a stand up routine.
0: Yeah. I
1: oh so I I didn't tell you, but I went on my first airplane ride. Okay. Which is funny because I've been working in the aerospace industry for seven years, and it's like, oh, do you want to fly out to St. Louis? And I'm like, no. I'm like, well, you, you should. So they put me on a plane. I go to St. Louis for this business meeting. Business meeting turns out to be at uh, 7 p.m. in a dive. Oh, God. <laughs> so we're, we're in there, and it's like improv night. And this guy <laughs> had no jokes. <laughs> like, he he did not have jokes. He I think he spent too much time on the internet and thinks that swearing means it's a joke. Oh, no. Or mentioning sex means it's a joke. Mm-hmm. So he goes up on stage, and I I wanted to write down some of these. Because I knew I'd forget them because they were so bland. But this guy goes up there and says, hey, everybody, uh, I'm Thomas. uh, But uh, you can uh, call me Tom or Jerry or Frank or Paul or Jack or Chan or Tim. Uh, Whatever. Just uh, don't call me someone that didn't have sex with his sister because oops. Uh, <laughs> there's, a there's a lot of people, uh, went to a Walmart. There are you know, people there. Uh, I gotta say, uh, some of them, uh, maybe should stop breeding. Uh, there's, a a lot of people, uh, who like to go home, watch TV. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, uh, I wish I could, uh, marry my TV, but I'd get electrocuted.
0: I, did he get a lot of laughs on any of these? No, it, it, honestly, it kept going.
1: A guy was playing guitar before him. People clapped. People enjoying the drinks. He goes up there. He does this routine for five minutes, and says, "Hey, I, I got a lot of feedback on this uh, new material. Thanks, guys." And then he like left. <laughs> like he That's didn't stay for That's the funniest a drink. thing he said. He just like walked out the door. <laughs> Jeez. I and again, hey, he's doing better than I am because I won't try it. Sure. I don't, I don't mean to knock him. But uh, objectively, as a critic of comedy, there was work to be done.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I respect the attempt, if nothing else, because I definitely... Oh, like. I didn't go
1: up there. She whiz.
0: Yeah, like, like I thought of it, like, you know, I, there was a bit where I was into watching a lot of comedy specials, like, oh man, it would be so cool to, like, try and do a comedy thing and write, and like, five minutes or ten minutes. And then it's just like, or, I could not do that because that would be miserable and I do not have... <laughs> I do not have the fortitude to try and beat myself into being good at it because <clears throat> you need you need a certain kind of moxie, I think, that I don't have.
1: Yeah, maybe. And I i don't know. I've seen comedians that I love just lo- like, oh, man, they cannot do wrong. And then they'll tell a joke that doesn't land. And it's like, oh, OK, that's fine. I don't hate them for it, but <laughs> I want to compare it to going to the bathroom. You ever go to a public bathroom And you are so self-conscious about every single little sound you make. Like, you don't even want to make footstep sounds. You're like, oh, I don't want to disturb anyone in here. And I don't want to fart while I'm on the toilet pooping. (laughs) Even though I can't do anything about it. It's like every single little time. Just don't splash,
0: don't splash. Oh, no, it splashed. Yeah, you're you're peeing at, like, the edge of the bowl instead of the the water because you don't want to make noise.
1: Yeah, but when you hear someone else make noise, do you ever care? No.
0: No. (laughs) I, <laughs> Unless it sounds like they're jerking off or something. But even well, then, it's like, yeah, yeah, I have a if nice If they're being wake, disruptive, but it's like, if someone
1: walks in the toilet and goes, oh, man, oh, oh, it's like, oh, man, whatever. And I'm checking my phone, and I'm hoping that he doesn't hear
0: me. Like, I don't care. <laughs> so like, I mean, like, usually have, like, I usually have a laugh or something, right? It's like, oh, that, guy's, that guy needs more fiber than, you know, but you don't. I don't think, like, less of someone who's having a loud shit, because we've all been there.
1: So I, I imagine open mic night being a little bit like that. I mean, shoot, dude. I, you know what I should do? Maybe I should write down jokes and just go see if comedy night's still running.
0: And actually try to do... I don't know if that's a good venue to do it, though, because there's going to be someone screeching like an autistic pterodactyl throughout your whole set.
1: Yeah, but there's also a little barrier to entry there where I don't actually have to go anywhere or expose myself at all. That's true. So I could play with it a little bit and um Also if, if I, you exposed if I got yourself
0: to... <laughs> and played with it a little bit, that would be funny, but you'd go to jail.
1: Uh, that could be my thing though.
0: Yeah. Like that a gimmick. Jokes.
1: Um I love who's your favorite stand up comedian? Bill Burr. I like uh Maria Bamford. Um and Mitch Hedberg, but he's dead so it doesn't count.
0: I like Mitch Hedberg a lot. Oh fuck you, ladybug, you are pissing all over the thing, making that nasty smell. Woo! Sorry.
1: I don't know. So, I... <laughs> it's... I don't know. I I think stand-up's a fun thing. I, I appreciate stand-up. I don't think I can do it, but I can do a podcast, so I'm glad that you suggested doing this show, because it's fun, and we have fun.
0: We do have fun.
1: We tell rape jokes, and then...
0: Every once in a while.
1: We get an email now that people can write into and complain about.
0: All of our rape jokes are a nice surprise. Woo! Yay. Um This is the comics podcast. I would cut that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, how's um how's that going? Did you get the website set up yet? Yeah, we're just using the 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 Potty Ant one that comes with it and so there's like a blog and then you can set up pages and so we just have like separate pages to keep like a an outline or a tally of our stuff. So, if you go to like the reviews page, you can see links to the different blog posts and what what date they were posted. So it's not, like, a great solution, but it doesn't cost us any money, Mm -hmm. and I'm totally down for not costing us money or needing to design a website. So, that's cool. That
1: is cool. I don't know.
0: What do you think of Detective Pikachu? I don't care. Oh my god, I'm, like, like really stoked for that movie.
1: Well, no, this is the interesting thing, And, and my friend at work, Jaime, said this, too. Oh, Jaime just quit his job, too. So he's not my friend at work anymore, he's just my friend. Oh, there you go. Is that an upgrade or a downgrade? It's an upgrade. He's going to be a plumber. Cool. And um, we signed his new plumber's belt. And I drew drew a picture of Mario, but I put a J for Jaime. And he says, that's a spicy burrito, because he's Mexican. Nice. Um, So good job, Jaime, you did it. You're living the dream.
0: I have a feeling you like your coworkers more than I like my coworkers. I
1: do, because um you're you're a liberal and so you hate conservatives that work. But I'm a conservative, <laughs> so I get along with the conservatives who work.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, I don't want to say you're wrong. <laughs> <because> <laughs> no, what were we talking about? You're not about? quite wrong. Just just before this, what were we talking Detective about? Detective Pikachu?
1: Detective Pikachu so Jaime tells me, dude, I'm so excited about Detective Pikachu. And before I can even respond, this other guy at work pops in. Like he just walks in my office, like, dude, me too. I'm a surfer because I live in California, mm-hmm. and it was like, wow, who cares about Detective Pikachu? And I'm looking online, and the the response is, oh, dude, it's so like polarizing. People hate it or people love it, and I'm the only person in the world that's indifferent to it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm. I was really surprised at a lot of the negativity I've seen, and then I was like. On the comics podcast, like our little chat room, I was like, guys, have you seen the trailer? This looks amazing. And Alex is like, I know. And jean looks like, that movie looks terrible. I was like, oh, we're having a mini internet right here. Just the three of us. And I don't, I, I'm like super excited. It looks so fucking cute. And I love live action Pikachu voiced by Ryan Reynolds. I thought I would hate that so much. And I love it. Yeah, but Charizard looks awful. I thought the Charizard looked all right. He looks a little, like a little furry in parts though, which is weird because he's a lizard.
1: Well, oh, he's blurry. He's not furry. It's a bad render.
0: Well, I don't they're... know. It's for the trailer. I'm sure they'll fix
1: it. It looks like they're not done. <laughs> it's like, I, maybe just cut that shot, because some of the other ones, like, Jigglypuff looks fine.
0: Jigglypuff looks good. Psydux looks a little weird, because I imagine a, a duck that looked and walked like that in real life would look weird regardless. I don't know. I'm not, like, upset by most of the Pokemon designs. I'm just, like, really, really happy with Pikachu. And I was like, man, this kind of makes me want to get like a stuffed Pikachu or something. And I haven't wanted to buy a stuffed Pikachu since I was like eight. Maybe that's what it is. It's like being a kid again and going, oh man, Pokemon's cool. I Maybe like Pokemon.
1: I, uh, I'm I'm getting kind of tired of a uh, of the nostalgia stuff. And I watched this trailer, and my walk away was, who is this for? Like, is it only for the 30 year old boomers, or is it for kids? Like will, will any kid care about this at all? Or is it I don't just know. the like young adults that are like, I grew up on Pokemon. Man? I remember, remember I I hope Ivy Shores in the movie.
0: I don't know. I, I feel like it like does not matter who it's for. Like I, there are those there are those are two demographics that have spending power. Well, it's it's either one, like, then the movie does a good job. Like, I feel like they
1: have. And the other thing, though, and to that point, the movie could be for both those demographics and succeed at it. But I walked away going, I don't see that making anyone happy. What's the big deal? And then there's a bunch of 30-year-old boomers that are happy. So it's like, well, I guess I'm out of the loop here.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the people uh, that were complaining about it were like, I didn't find any of those jokes funny. Look at Mr. Mime. He did a mime thing, and then the Pikachu ran into a wall. That's dumb, and then other people are like, you know, that's Mr. Mime casting Barrier, right? Because he's a Mime Pokemon and he has Psychic abilities, and then it's just like I don't feel like anybody won from this conversation. This is just things people said at each other, and we're like, ha, I got you. Really, you're both bad. Just enjoy the slapstick. It's funny. That's all it can be.
1: I, I yeah, and I hope it makes people happy. If I had Movie Pass, I would go, but I don't have Movie Pass anymore, so I won't.
0: My problem is is I'm not going to want to see that day one in theater because it's going to be loaded with kids, and I don't like going to movie theaters with people. So I'll, I'll see it like the third week it's out at some fucking weird time, and then there will be like that one other dude in the theater, but he'll be high as fuck, and he'll be making noise. I'll be like, man, I should have just waited for the DVD. Did you see that Pro ZD short? I did not.
1: Oh, really? He had a really good take on the Detective Pikachu thing. <sniffs> oh, man. uh, uh.
0: Uh. 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 <laughs> just, just making noise with my pal, Cameron. <laughs> it's just remember that t- I, I
1: like I joined your Overwatch game and just started making noises, and then Joe was like, "Is that all Cameron does? Is make noises?" And I just started like making walrus noises because he said that.
0: <laughs> that is a million views. A million two hundred thousand. That's fucking crazy. Because it wasn't, like, I feel like that's not, like, good enough for a million views, but also it's only 33 seconds long, so what do I give a shit about it?
1: Oh, yeah, guess who, uh, guess who saw ZD last weekend? Was it you? No, my friend Jaime. Oh, that's cool. The plumber.
0: Does he do that, like, uh, Anime Crimes Division show that looks like him? Yes, he's on that. I can't tell if that looks really funny and brilliant or just, like, the worst thing ever made ever. It, you know,
1: again, it can be both.
0: Yeah, I suppose.
1: Um, eh, excuse me.
0: Because sometimes, because I see a lot of the ads for it when I watch, like, shit on Crunchyroll. And sometimes it makes me laugh, and sometimes I'm just, just like, I wish this commercial would never play again, but it's gonna play three times because it's fucking Crunchyroll. Do you still like Rooster Teeth? (laughs) Um, I listen to their podcast still every once in a while. But do you like them? Not really. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. I have no, I have no interest in, like, Catching up with Red vs. Blue, or really watching it all again? I I don't like
1: anything they do anymore, and not to say they're bad. It's just it's not for me.
0: Yeah, I I, I like the personalities. I've been listening to their podcast for so long that I I enjoy going back. Usually once every other week. I'll just listen to whatever the newest one is. Um, yeah,
1: I I was listening to the uh, the Best Friends podcast. And they, like, last week they went to Texas and they went to Rooster Teeth for a collab thing. So they, like, half the podcast was with Rooster Teeth people on it. Mm-hmm. And it was so, like, the quality of the show went down. Because the Rooster Teeth guys were way less informed and less opinionated. It was like, here's the Best Friends guys, and they want to talk about their thing. And then the Rooster Teeth guy is like, wait, so who's in Street Fighter now? Like, oh, what are you referencing? An anime that I don't watch? And it slowed down the whole conversation, and like there was no gain out of it. It was just awful. That's too bad. Yeah,
0: I miss the old cast for the podcast when like Joel and uh, Jeff would be on because those yeah. two guys are really fucking funny. And like they never show up anymore. Like even Jack doesn't show up anymore. He does like an achievement hunter podcast now.
1: They also look so like old and tired now.
0: I guess I haven't seen what they look
1: like in a really long time. They look miserable, and it's just really. <laughs> That's too but,
0: bad. I feel the like the pictures should... I've seen of them, they look pretty miserable, huh? Um, it's crazy how long they've been around, though. And like Mega sixty four as well. Well, yeah, I but still listen it's like... to their podcast, and I, I really like their podcast. But it's another thing. Where I don't really ever watch their videos anymore. I just listen to them talk about. Yeah, but when shit. you
1: look at um, when you look at like Mega sixty four, they're still the same people, and they're still having fun. And when I look at Rooster Teeth people, it's like, oh, you guys, are you okay?
0: Hmm. Okay, to be fair, I feel like Jeff always looked like he just got off a bender. Like that's kinda on brand. That's fair. it's one of those things where it's so weird to like see ads for Ruby on Crunchyroll. Like they've they've hit a point where like they've made things that are huge. I saw saw Ruby DVDs at Walmart, dude. Yeah, like and you can go you can buy red vs blue on D V D at like Best Buy or whatever. Like it's crazy to to go from, like, here's this thing that you watch on the internet once in a while, and it's, like, really insular, and no one really knows about it, too. Oh, they're, like, they're huge. Like, you can buy their shit in a store. And I don't know, there's there's something about that that I just, I don't know if it's that, like, their stuff just doesn't appeal to me, because it's got to appeal to so many people now, and it's not, like, it's not this, like, niche thing for a specific audience now. It's like, oh, we're for everybody. Like, we want to appeal to all anime fans, so we made Ruby, which is I don't know. Like, I guess with Monty, I'm not around anymore, I don't really give a shit. I feel like that was his thing. But even when he was around, I never watched it because it just kind of looked boring.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It, and again, to each their own. I'm I'm sitting here as if like I'm better than the Rooster Teeth podcast. I don't mean that. We no, have no, a no. very we have a niche audience. Yeah.
0: I think it it comes down to is like. Having, like, the time to consume the content. Because they make a lot of content. Most of it I don't care about. Like, all their Let's Plays. I would never watch any of those. Um, but they do a lot of video content, too. And when I had more time, I would definitely, like, try to keep up with it. Like, their shorts and their, and their, or their longer form stuff. And that was fun. But now it's like, I have time to listen to their podcast at work sometimes. So I do that. And that's it. Like, I still listen to the comedy button, but Man, that's only just a podcast. I used to love their
1: shorts, but, like, when it was one season of shorts. hmm Because they were cute shorts. And, like, the second season, they got this, like, more budget allocated to it, and they started using special effects, and, like, th- none of them had jokes anymore. It was like, hey, guys, look, I got a portal gun. Whoa, it's, like, it works. And, and there's that was the extent of the skit.
0: I mean, it comes down to like, like, I don't know if you ever saw their movie Laser Team. No, that's that's about when I fell off entirely. And that you know, like at one point that had been like, I'd been so pumped, like, oh my god, these rooster chief guys—they made an actual movie. That's so cool. And so I ended up Netflixing it at one point, and and I watched it, and I was like, well, this was fine. Like, I guess they didn't have like the biggest budget ever, and they were making a sci-fi movie, so that's is what it is. But I'm, I was like. These guys wrote, like, the first, you know, like, these are the people who did the first seasons of Red vs. Blue, which made me laugh, like, non-stop. And, like, like, a lot of these jokes either aren't here or aren't landing. And it just seems like their their humor style has maybe changed over the years, or maybe mine has. But it was, uh, I was pretty underwhelmed by it. And after that, it's just sort of like, well, I'll, I'll continue listening to their podcast because I like, you know, hearing them just talk about random shit while I'm sorting parts. But it really is just, like, background noise. Yeah, it, it, it whatever.
1: It is what it is.
0: I think it's okay to like grow out of stuff. Oh, it is. You know, it's it's that's fine.
1: Yeah, and honestly, not to bring it back to Blizzard again, but these people that are mad about the Diablo phone game, it's like maybe just admit that you don't want to play the phone game and then move on instead of demanding that it not exist.
0: Yeah. I guess I look at it with like Dragon Ball Z like People my age still really love Dragon Ball Z, and it's like, that's cool, Dragon Ball Z's fun. Wish you'd admit there are flaws with it, but whatever. And then, like, Dragon Ball Super comes out, and that seems really polarizing, too, where, like, some people are like, it's like the worst iteration of Dragon Ball ever. And other people are like, oh, this is exactly what I remembered it like when when I was a kid, and it hasn't changed, and that's amazing. And I feel like maybe you should grow up a little bit, like, you can still like the things you liked when you were a kid, but you should maybe like them in a different way. Because you're an adult, and you've had 30 years to live and experience things and understand what you know what else is out there. And it's like, I go back to stuff I liked when I was a kid, and I may still like it, but I definitely appreciate it in a different way. It's not like, oh, look at me, I'm like 10 again. Like, I don't want to fucking be 10 again. I can't, I couldn't drink when I was 10.
1: Yeah, it's that, and it's also, <sighs> when you have different time... <laughs> These these people that are that are just so excited about like classic WoW coming out. Is it, you know, I think you remember being a teenager and having more time to play with your friends, like your friends that don't play games anymore, and that's yeah. what you remember. Um, it, it's kind of the same thing with some of this other stuff. Where uh, th- this new Pokemon game coming out? Have you been following that at all? You uh, no. So the Pokemon Go people are making an actual RPG. Okay. But it's just a it's like a remake of Pokemon Yellow. And it's on the Switch. Okay. So it's not really a full Pokemon game, but it's also like the whole canto map, and you can walk around it. And you can have battles and stuff. And it's uh I don't know, it's received some fair critique from the fan base that it's such an easy game. Like it's so dumbed down and baby-ish. Uh, there was a Kotaku review where the, the guy that finished it said, "Uh, I think, like, five of his Pokemon fainted over the course of the entire game. Like, he beat the Elite Four and never actually blacked out once.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so then maybe it is a little too easy, but... it's
1: It's kind of casual. But then there was another article on Kotaku, like, the next day about how this guy could play it with his son. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, for a little kid, you get, like, there's a gimmicky controller where instead of the Switch controller, you get a Pokeball with a button on it. And you actually, like, kind of motion to throw the Pokeball in order to throw it and catch stuff in the game. Oh, that's cute. And when you put something in the Pokeball, it also, like, moves and it has sound and stuff. Like, it's a cute toy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, you know, for the right audience, this is fine. And for an adult that's looking back and nostalgic about Pokemon Yellow, hey, you can play this in bed without having to think. If you know that's what it is going in, it's fine. If you're expecting, like, a hardcore RPG and it's the Dark Souls of Pokemon games, then, well, no, it's not. But don't expect that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, sometime I think last year, I, we were go- I was going to go on, like, a business trip, and I was like, oh, I should bring my DS, and I should bring Pokemon, and I could play Pokemon in the car. So I charged my DS, and I put Pokemon in, and I'm like, okay, i got to figure out, like, it's been a while since I played this game, let's reacquaint myself. And I, like, spent, like, 12 minutes in, and I was like, you know, there's a reason why I stopped playing this, and it's because I don't have f- fucking patience for half of the mechanics in this game anymore. I just, I just don't want to put up with them. And so when you're like, oh this is like a dumbed down RPG where you don't have to think as much or there's probably all this grinding and it's like, oh that's my speed now because I don't like that shit anymore. And so the idea of people are like, oh man I want like old school Pokemon that's really really hard and you have to do all this stuff and it's like, there's, there's no way you have time for that. You have to like cook and clean and feed your kid. And I feel like, like you said, like they, they remember being a kid and playing on that all the time in the world and no responsibilities. And now they don't you know, now they have all these responsibilities, and I think they're going to realize, if they get what they want, that it's no longer what they want.
1: Yeah, and um, the the same thing, I'm hearing this on the Mega64 podcast, where you know how Sean has, like, a family and he has kids and stuff? Yeah. And uh, he was saying how he got Red Dead Redemption 2, and it's like he can't enjoy it, because it it takes, like, you have to sit down and commit to it for three hours, because it's so slow-paced, and it's like, you can't you don't get a mission, and it's like, okay, go here and do a thing. It's like, we'll better like get on your horse and ride for ten minutes while we talk about stuff. Oh, you want to do some hunting? Let's let's track a deer for a little bit. The de- there it is. Oh no, it got away. Let's track it a little. Okay, yeah. Oh, you, this is a good fishing spot. Oh, I I heard someone call for help. Let's go investigate. And no, I can't find them. Oh, oh, they're dead. I guess I missed something. Okay, and it, it, it you have to clear like a three or four chunk of time. Yeah. <laughs> and just burn hours like very slow paced and enjoy it. And it's like, you know, maybe you'd have more fun with Pokemon, let's go E V edition. Um and it's fine. Just be- <laughs> you have to budget your time and make an adult decision about what you can do. It's not society's fault.
0: Yeah, and I remember like I think I maybe mentioned this once before, but like looking up a A run on Sunken Temple in World of Warcraft. I was like, "Oh man, I remember that dungeon. I should like watch a YouTube video and just kind of like skim through it and and see all that stuff again." Mm -hmm. And it was like full run, two hours. I was like, "Fuck, that's ridiculous." Like, I would I would never have the time to do that now, or or even really the the desire. But it's it's. I was like, I would and you you when you're playing that game, you don't just like go there right away. You have to get ready. You have to find the people. You have to travel there, Uh, because back in my day, at least two people had to travel there to summon. You couldn't just teleport in there, and so it, it wasn't. It was never just two hours. It was like three and a half, and that's for garbage-ass gear that no one cares about. You're gonna level in like five days. It was just something to do, and it, it. I miss having those kinds of experiences because it would in the time it felt like really epic. You get these guys together, They are gonna go fucking kill some dragons. Like this is cool. But you remember that more than you remember all the bullshit in between, right? And, I don't know, I feel like like something like Dark Souls and then Bloodborne 2, like, almost offer some of that without the bullshit. Because they're long games, but you are not It doesn't take the three hours to get to the next boss. It takes, like, 40 minutes, because there's, like, 30 bosses each game. And so you can get that, that big dose of, like, adrenaline where you're taking down something really big, and it's cool, and the music's great. But then the travel time to the next one's not very long. And so that's... I wonder if that's one of the reasons why some of those games have have gotten so popular. It's like they they give you the that that certain something you you used to get in like JRPGs or whatever, these big scale, large epic things but without a lot of the bullshit. And granted there's definitely some bullshit in Bloodborne and, and Dark Souls too, but a lot like enough for me to to stomach it, you know. And I I'm definitely an impatient person now when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, and you're allowed to be.
0: Like I was that's telling just... my brothers, like I want a Pokemon game, but it plays like Super Smash Bros. Because I still like Pokemon and I want to like play with those characters, but I never want to play a JRPG ever again.
1: Yeah, it's like unappealing at this point. And it's I, I feel like a lame person by saying it, but it's like I look forward to some Let's Plays just because oh, I can have that on in the background, and it'll sound like I have friends. <laughs> and I can just like I can get stuff done that I'm working on while they go through this JRPG that I don't have time to grind in.
0: Yeah. And
1: I I, I don't want to... It's just... It's not for me to go out and buy it and sit down in front of the TV and really, you know, really get into it.
0: Part of me is like, I, I was, for a bit, it would be cool to replay a Golden Song. Because so I remember really enjoying that game in high school and, and really enjoying the story to it and the characters. But to go through 1 and 2, they're like 40-hour games apiece and they're turn-based combat and you want to catch all the the Dijinni the, the so you can summon the cool monsters. And it's just like, yeah, this is never going to happen. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a novelization of Golden Sun, and I could just read it. Or Final Fantasy VII, because everyone's like, oh, Final Fantasy VII is a big seminal JRPG, everybody talks about that, and there's the one-winged angel, and that bitch dies, and then you get the buster sword, and it's like, yeah, that'd be, I, I would read that book if they cut down all of the stupid stuff away and got rid of it. It's like, here's a 300-page yeah, and- novel of Final Fantasy VII. Go go nuts.
1: Yeah, and that's what's really funny about this uh, Final Fantasy VII remake they've been working on. Mm-hmm. Because it's getting to the point where it's like, they're actually going to cut stuff, and it's not a turn-based RPG. It's an action game that you kind of burn through the story faster. And I think they're doing that intentionally based on feedback they've gotten from, you know, the fan base that's been getting older does not have time to just grind out again. Right. And if you really love it, You can buy Final Fantasy VII in, like, almost any platform now. Yeah. So it's kind of like, hey, who cares? If you you want that experience, it's still available. Here's, like, an updated Modern Sensibilities experience if you want this option. And I don't think that's a bad thing to do.
0: I guess, put it a different way, my my brother last year got, um... What was that big RPG on Switch? Uh,
1: Octopath Traveler?
0: No, 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 the, uh... (laughs) um there's a smash bros character uh shulk sent from it
1: oh um xenoblade
0: xenoblade something See, he got the new he got the new xenoblade game last year for christmas almost christmas this year and he's still not done with it because it's like 100 plus hours long mm-hmm. and he would rather play a lot of other games because the combat is more his speed and every once in a while he'll go back to, to xenoblade and play a little bit and try to remember what he's doing where he's at and it just seems like the game would be better if it weren't hundred hours long.
1: Maybe. And it's uh it's a funny thing also because that was a complaint with the new Assassin's Creed game. Um, I think I mentioned this, but there was a Polygon review where I, I think the bottom line they gave, and this is really smart, I throw Polygon <laughs> a lot of shade, but their the review of Assassin's Creed was funny because they said the game really kicks in the high gear in the fortieth hour jeez but that's a reality it's like it's so slow to start but once you get to the story it's pretty neat but you have to kind of get there and earn it and the context that those 40 hours build up to does help a lot but heads up you have to commit this like you know 60 to 70 hour commitment if you want to see it through
0: yeah i can't and
1: it's like hey just know this going in if it's not for you it's not for you and that's okay
0: that's true, because I mean, I'm sure there are some people who are really into that, and I know there were like Final Fantasy games where it's like, well, once you get past like the 14th hour, it gets really good. Mm-hmm. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get through 14 hours, and it's like, fucking, A, I could play like Metal Gear Revengeance like three times in 14 hours. You know, like I could do so many other things with 14 hours that I would enjoy instead of like, no, you gotta suffer through this before you before the game gets good.
1: Yeah, I've been playing. um... Starlink. Okay. And I want to say, oh boy, I have not spent that many hours on it. And I just kind of, I haven't sat down and played it like I wanted to, but it's a short kids game. So I'm kind of burning through the story at the pace that I want to. So it's like, man, I really want to get to that sixth planet. So I'm just going to do that tonight. And I sit down and do it. And it's like, okay, yeah, that was fun. I'm enjoying this. It's not going to be for everybody. (laughs) It's a gimmicky game. But I love hearing Star Fox talk about, like, we have to go to the thing. Do it a roll. I'm on the internet. And it's like, it scratches that itch. I had, like, 15 minutes to kill before I wanted to wind down for bed. So that's what I got that for. I
0: almost feel like, like, I read a lot of comic books and they kind of fill that itch, right? Where it's like, okay, this is only going to take me 10 minutes to go through. So even if it wasn't that good, it was still something to do for 10 minutes. Yeah. You're not losing a lot. Yeah, and it's, like, even, like, the books, like, there are certain comics I was like, I know this is going to be terrible, and I'm kind of excited to read it, because it's going to be just the worst.
1: Oh, I hate, this is why I stopped watching anime, and I stopped taking anime recommendations, because the anime recommendations are always, like, you just got to get through the first 20 episodes, and then the last five are terrific. But you you have to watch those 20 to understand what's yeah, going on in those that. last <laughs> ones. You and, uh, cool. it, well, Netflix just came out with that horror show that I want to watch for Halloween, um it's the the haunting of hill house
0: yeah people seem to really like that
1: well yeah my dad included and he's asked me more than once if i've watched it yet but it's like i had such a hard time getting through the first episode because it was just awful and nothing happened and it was just i don't care about any of these characters and he's like yeah but after the third episode the last two episodes are terrific hooray and it's like I don't want to watch three hours to see if I like the fourth one. I just don't.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I just don't.
0: I guess if we want to jump into Glad Space, because we're at an hour. Um on that on the anime recommendation thing, I'm gonna throw one out there. I, I hate got, you. I just oh. got done watching uh No no, no I, I just got done watching Megalobox, which is uh, on Crunchyroll. It's either twelve or thirteen episodes, it's self contained. It's about boxing, but they use, like, kind of, like, robot parts to make them, their punches stronger.
1: Like, arms.
0: No, like, it doesn't, there's no, like, extra reach. It's kind of like a, like, a, a suit that you put on your, like, shoulders.
1: Like Gundam.
0: Yeah. And it was a, it was a really cool, just, like, like, no bullshit boxing anime. And it, it's, the characters are all pretty likable. It, it has a similar, like, aesthetic to, um, uh, what's it called, the the anime everybody likes and the main character's name is Spike.
1: Cowboy Bebop?
0: Yes. Cowboy Bebop. It was it was drawn in a way to like mimic that old old style of, of anime. So everything's very gritty, the technology's kind of boxy and and it's got that it's very it's a very like lived-in dirty world that works pretty well. I, I really like the aesthetic of it. But then it's just like it it, it it's just a really Easy, fun watch, and then when it's when it's over, it's over, and it's thirteen episodes, and they're all pretty good. Um, and so it's like, yeah, some of the later episodes are better than the first ones, but the first ones are still are are good and they're fun. And so, yeah, if you, if anybody's looking for an anime that they can just kind of burn through in a week, uh, and then be done and happy with the with the conclusion, uh, Megalobox is pretty cool. Megalobox! yo. What about you? What, are you? what are you glad about?
1: Dude, I just found this terrible YouTube channel.
0: Oh god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how how much did you watch? So is the, is the video you sent me with um with the guy the the Sonic as characters as cars? Yes, same thing. <laughs> yes. So, because I know you sent me that, and you were really excited that you found that, and I watched like 40 seconds of it, and I was like, okay, I've had enough, and I was like, well, this is only two minutes, and I can't even make it to the two minutes. (laughs) I get the joke, I don't really care. And then Joe's like, yeah, hey, Cameron sent me this weird video. And I was like, oh, is it the, the Sonic is Cars one? He's like, no, it's a different one. And I was like, well, it's probably the same humor. And he's like, I got like, he's like, I got like three minutes in, and I think I never want to watch anything he sends me ever again. And I was like, well, oh, it can't be that bad. He's like, no, it's no, 15 it's, minutes long. I was bad. like, Holy fuck. Why is it so long? So what we're talking about
1: is a YouTube channel called Tamers12345. And Tamers12345 is this really cool dude who really likes Sonic Underground. And so he wrote a lot of Sonic Underground fan fiction because he was so inspired by the the awesome Saturday morning cartoon show from France. And what he does is he draws the characters in, like, Microsoft Paint using, like, the circle tool. And just, like...
0: Oh, fuck. (laughs) I just did something so gross. What? Oh, okay. That fucking ladybug... On my water bottle, where the water comes out, spit and shit all over, and I just drank some of it. Good job. Oh, it tasted so bad. You know that the smell? It tastes exactly how it smells, which is fucking unpleasant. So, finished up, I gotta go, I gotta go like, clean my mouth out. It was horrible. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I don't even know how to describe it. It's like... A, like a, like, a, like a, It's kind of acidic. But a- not enough to burn, just enough to piss you off. This is the best podcast episode we've done yet. Oh, so bad. You are your fucking Sonic Underground stupid shitty ladybug pissing on my water bottle. No wonder animals don't eat them. <laughs> not fucking good, good natural evolutionary response. It just tastes like shit. (laughs) (laughs) Get some deodorant, ladybug. Fucking asshole.
1: So anyways, Tamers12345 draws Sonic Underground characters in Microsoft Paint using the circle tool. And then he does like a text-to-voice program so everyone sounds like a robot. And he writes this fan fiction where all the characters are just kind of friends. And it has nothing to do with the series. <laughs> and it's just like I watched the Thanksgiving episode where it's just like they're hosting Thanksgiving and they they invite the friends and family over. And um <laughs> he has these like weird personifications for all the characters where he's over the years he's turned them into his own characters, kinda like Yu Gi Oh Abridged. Okay. Um in fact this is actually a lot like Yu Gi Oh Abridged, just without using footage from the show. But one of my favorite things is, like, the whole thing hinges on how dumb and poorly done it all is. But his self-insert character, like, he has a Sonic Underground costume that he made out of cardboard. And he, like, took a photo of it, and it's just a JPEG that will sometimes show up and derail an episode. Because there'll be, like, a conflict going on, but then someone will go, wait, is that Tamer's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 outside? And it's just like his a JPEG of him and the, like all the characters will stop what they're doing and talk about how cool he is. And it's just, it's done in this horrible, awful way that has to, I don't know, it makes you think about the internet a lot. He did a Halloween special where the Halloween special was he went to uh, DeviantArt and he found a Flash game where you make a, uh, the Little Mermaid, like Merman character creator. And so he made a blue one and an orange one, so they look like Sonic and Bartleby, uh, so that they're, they're gay lover mermaids now. And that was his Halloween special.
0: Bartleby and his lover Sonic go to the store to buy fruit <laughs> for a fruit salad.
1: <laughs> My favorite one is, the, there's, a, there's like a 15 minute episode about going to the grocery store to buy cereal. And it's actually, like, written kind of smart because you see two sides of every character. Like, the mom is this caring mom that, like, look, we're living in a budget, but kids, you can pick out the cereal. And all the kids fight about it and they can't agree on one cereal. And then, like, the uh, Manic's girlfriend um, is, like, stealing makeup, but it's also kind of sad because she can't afford the makeup. And all this stuff happens. But Bartleby has this great character arc where he's the one that buys everyone's cereal at the end, so it's like, yay, he saved everyone. But he also just kills someone in the parking lot because he's, like, a rich jerk. Huh. And, and it's also kind of funny because his name's Bartleby and because it's, like, a text-to-voice thing, sometimes the robot voice can't do it, so it'll say, Bartable. <laughs> what are you doing here? I just came to buy cereal. And it's, like, 15-minute episodes of this. So just... <laughs> Look up Tamers one two three four five and look up the Sonic Underground official documentary because he he did a documentary explaining Sonic Underground and how like Knuckles is on the cover of the box but he doesn't even show up in the show until episode twenty six when he the animation is really bad but guess what they fixed the animation a little bit by giving him a big ass that's right bitches <laughs> Knuckles is back <laughs> and like that's how he narrates the whole documentary it's just. It's so stupid, but it's also oddly clever in a way where I've been, like, binge-watching the whole de- <laughs> the channel, like, all week.
0: You you are just a special kind of person. Well, he's got a lot of YouTube videos. He does.
1: <laughs> I don't know he's why.
0: he been doing this a while.
1: Uh, he's been doing it for, like, three or four years. <laughs> he's still at it, because he, he uploaded a tribute to Stan Lee, like, yesterday.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I didn't watch it, but I saw the thumbnail, and I was like, oh, he did that? And it's, just,
1: it's him opening Microsoft Paint and drawing all the Sonic Underground characters as DC heroes, and then he puts, like, Stan Lee in the middle.
0: So um, is he, like, self-aware that this is shitty, or is he?
1: he? He is, but to what extent, I'm not sure. I mean, he's clearly, like, it's funny and easy to make fun of Sonic the Hedgehog fans. Mm -hmm. But on some core level, he did actually watch all the Sonic Underground episodes, because he he has an intimate understanding of all the characters, and, like, (laughs) he'll he'll make these deep cuts where it's like, wow, he actually knows his Sonic lore, but also he's making a joke about Cars, and Cars 3, like, he knows his audience, I think.
0: I know you sent me a video from him the other day, and he was drawing a character as uh, Symmetra from... (laughs) <laughs> Overwatch, he yeah, just, like Overwatch made the breasts he... huge.
1: Yeah, well, that's the Sonic character, not not Symmetra. Um,
0: but I feel like he made them extra big. He didn't need to do that.
1: Nah, that's the character from Sonic. But here's a here's a poke one picture to make you feel better. That was my glad space tamers one two three four five.
0: Hey, look at that! You sent me a very lewd picture of. I'm guessing it's an Eevee evolution.
1: Oh, you don't even know what Pokemon that is. Oh, man, dude.
0: Is it an EV evolution?
1: Yeah, it's a Glaceon.
0: I thought they had a, 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 an ice one already. It wasn't yeah, a Glaceon. Glaceon. God damn it, I don't have to fucking Google this shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like a thousand of them, but that doesn't look like... No, I was thinking... Oh, I'm thinking of Vaporeon, okay. Vaporeon and Glaceon, like, that's stupid, like... Vaporeon is water but can learn ice attacks. You don't need an ice one.
1: I don't know. I like the grass one. Leafeon. That's a great-ass name there, Pokemon guys. And the fairy one's kind of cool, too. Oh, oh, Sylveon? What the hell? That goofy-looking thing. Sylveon's funny because there's a weird like fan art thing with it. Where you see those ribbons? Mm-hmm. Those ribbons are actually like fleshy appendages. That's
0: gross. I don't want to think
1: about that. Well, that's the thing. It's so creepy and gross because the Pokedex thing talks about how it uses those ribbons to actually, like, it'll wrap around its trainer's head and, like, try to calm him down. So there's a lot of, like, creepy art where a, a Sylveon will, like, wrap its its ribbons around this, like, sad Pokemon trainer that's crying because he's just lost. And then it's like, oh, thanks, Sylveon. You're, you're making me feel better. Okay, Sylveon, it's getting, it's getting a little tight. Sylveon. Stop <laughs> And it's like and it's just like this cold dead stare while it's choking its trainer to death. So I like so Yeah, that sounds like something the internet would do. But also I don't think they needed a fairy type. And they I didn't know there was a fairy type. They added the fairy type to counter dragons because it got to the point where they made too many dragons and there's not many things that are super effective against dragon type. So they put in fairy. And it's like that's fine. But then they retconned a bunch of Pokemon, so now Jigglypuff is, uh, I think Jigglypuff is normal in Fairy, and then Clefairy is Fairy-type, and it's like they changed a bunch of normal-type Pokemon into Fairy, and now I can't keep track. Oh. So, like, I'll use an attack against a Chansey, and it's not effective anymore, and it's like, oh, is that Fairy now? I can't tell.
0: Oh, there you have it, everybody.
1: Yeah, you this wanna- has been Opinions Are Fairies.
0: Yay! I guess I don't know anymore. It's been drinking ladybug piss and getting real pissed off,
1: dude. You you drink a lot of ladybug piss tonight. That's a good job, uh, dude. I gotta go clean my water bottle. Oh boy, let's um, let's sing the Sonic Underground theme song together.
0: Let's let's not do that. I don't yeah. know what it is for one thing.
1: I'll send you the lyrics right now.
0: There we are. No, we no, we're not gonna do this. Holy shit, that's a lot of lyrics. That's way too many fucking lyrics. Okay, okay, yeah, we're done. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>
1: A deadly fate. Give up your children, separate, bide your time.
0: My children, but I have to wait. To act too soon could seal their fate.